What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. And podcast fans, we really do have uh, a treat for you. Uh, Really getting into the groove with these interview shows. They're a lot of fun. I hope you are enjoying them. Reach out. Let us know what you think about them. Give us some feedback. Uh, if you have any questions for an upcoming opponent, uh, we absolutely welcome those. But this is uh, this, will, this is a lot of fun. Uh, the interview we did tonight is with Terry. Uh, he's the site manager over at RockyTopTalk.com. He's a really cool dude. Uh, you'll get the sense from that, uh, sense of that from the conversation. Last year, we did a handful of interviews, and uh, we posted them only in sort of the private feed. And uh, Terry was one of the interviews that we did last year and uh, was one of the favorite with the feedback that we got that uh, he was he was one of the favorite. And so wanted to have him back on, had a really good uh, conversation. Um, it felt like from sort of my perspective and, and hopefully this comes across, it felt like, you know, two old friends talking and I've never met Terry in my life. We've had two conversations and they've both been recorded. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it felt like uh, friends talking ball. Uh, really good conversation, some candid uh, sort of thoughts back and forth uh, on the teams. And uh, again, really enjoyed it. Enough of the pre-ramble. Uh, I'm going to hand it off to the interview. Go. Welcome back, podcast fans. Have we got a special treat from you? Uh, repeat uh, interview guest, uh, Terry, uh, site manager over at Rocky Top Talk. One of our favorite interviews from uh, last year. And uh, Terry has agreed to join us tonight. Terry, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Man, I'm going to tell you, Terry, I don't know if there's magic in our conversation, if there's magic in sort of the second half of of October. But uh, last year when we got together to talk, uh, I think it was a day or two after Pruitt had fired his defensive uh, line coach. And this year, well, there's a little bit of a trash situation to talk about. What's going on here? Oh, man. Yeah. So I I guess we need to address that because because our games kind of overlapped. It it was quite the scene in Knoxville, uh, Lane Kiffin back in town for the first time as a head coach you know you, you guys all remember when Lane showed up as the offensive coordinator at Alabama how that went you know the bulletproof vest talk and all that so he shows up as the head coach of Ole Miss and it went exactly as you thought it would Tennessee fans weren't weren't thrilled about having him on the premises and uh you know a starved fan base uh you know sold out Neyland 6 30 been drinking all day 
couple blown calls, you know, Ole Miss perhaps faking a few injuries down the stretch, just kind of rolled into a fever pitch. So, yeah. uh, you know, you can't defend the actions of, of those that, that threw stuff on the field, but you can certainly understand how it happened. Uh, but an ugly scene, and it's really a shame because it was such a great scene at Neyland Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, we can understand it. We can explain it to a degree. I don't think we can necessarily excuse it all. But uh, but the passion and the fire that 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 sort of fueled it, a lot of that was authentic. And and you know, I, I think even uh, Coach Heifel talked about for 59 minutes. It's the best environment that that he had ever been in as a, as a coach. And I think that's a that's a testament to you know obviously the Tennessee fan base. Uh, the product on the field this year is uh, is a little different. And like you said, it's a hungry fan base that was fired up and they wanted nothing more than to feast on a uh, win over Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss. And the, and really the table was served. And then and it's sort of a, the magic trick where you pulled a, uh, uh, this place setting out from under you. That's that's kind of what happened. Uh, it felt like Saturday night, huh? Yeah, these, these fans are, are starting to believe a little bit. You know, we're all, all kind of weary of any coach really at this point. Uh, but, you know, you, you go score 62 points in SEC play. I don't care who you're playing. Yep. Um, that, that's impressive. And then you back it up the following week against South Carolina. And then you roll in to Neyland Stadium against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, who's ranked 13 in the, in the country, just an electric environment. Uh, you know, Tennessee had a chance to, to go win the game and, and fans thought that it was stolen from them. You know, certainly there were some some questionable calls in the stretch, but I think it's a product of Tennessee fans starting to believe again. You know, we kind of got that taste of big time football in our mouths again. It's been a it's been a while. It's yeah. been a long while since uh, you know Neyland Stadium hosted a, a big big game like that. Uh, so it was good to see. It was fun. Like Heifel said, for 59 minutes, it was incredible. Uh, and, and it's just a shame that that one minute kind of overshadowed it all. Yep, absolutely. Hey, let's talk about Heifel a little bit. Uh, you know, I'll speak from a distance. And if we think back over uh, over the summer or, or uh, I guess, last winter when, when he was hired on, it may have been, I'm sure it was characterized a lot of different ways, maybe a surprise hire, maybe just a convenient hire, maybe an uninspiring hire at the time. But, you know, his offense, just to your point, has been very productive, explosive at, at times. What's the pulse across the fan base uh, with, uh, with Coach Heifel? Well, it, we'll go back to the to the hire itself. You know, it just felt easy. You know, you hired Danny White from UCF. Of course, Danny White um, is going to call Josh Heupel, but it was viewed as, as kind of a backup plan. And it just came off as easy. But, you know, honestly, most of the fan base kind of sat back and said, hey, if he brings offense and it's entertaining, you know, like Ole Miss in 2020, yep. Uh, yep. maybe not a great team, but entertaining, score some points after what Pruitt put up with the offense over the last three years, everybody's going to be happy. So everybody took a measured approach to it. And then, you know, he shows up against Missouri, drops 62 and scores 45 against South Carolina. And the blood really started pumping. So um, I, I think there's some legitimate questions on whether he can recruit that really haven't been answered to this point. We'll see, obviously, the, the product on the field now that recruits have been able to see it. Yep. Uh, that's going to change it. But it's it's very positive. And I tell you what, he, he did himself a lot of good uh, this past weekend, kind of not really defending Tennessee fans, but saying, you know, it, you could tell that the environment meant something to him. 
he could, he said that it was the most competitive environment that he had ever seen, you know? So he's, he's kind of won the fan base over. I think we're all kind of cautiously optimistic at this point. No, that's a, that's a good place to be. It's a safe place to be. It's a good place to be. Uh, it does sound like it's, it's a big transition from Pruitt. And so it sounds like maybe he gets some of his recruits in there and, and this might be the bottom floor or something that he's building. Talk about uh, talk about quarterback uh, Hendon Hooker. Uh, he very productive passing and running, but injured against Ole Miss. What's your uh, expectations about his availability Saturday? Yeah, that's that's going to be a, a tough one for Tennessee. I I'd be surprised if he went. Um, he went down late against Ole Miss. Couldn't put any weight on on his leg. Heupel said that he was day to day, but so far this year, Heupel's been known to. Uh, not exactly tell the truth with injuries. Um, understandable. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be surprised if he went. And that's going to leave you with Joe Milton, uh, who won the job in camp, transferring in, transferring in from Michigan. There's a reason Milton didn't get the job after he got hurt early in the season. Got every physical gift you could ask for, but just really struggles with his downfield accuracy. So there's plenty of chances in this high school offense for Joe Milton way more physically gifted than Hooker is, but from a mental processing standpoint, from an accuracy standpoint, Hooker ran away with this job and provided stability. So it's going to be a – it's a really big deal if Hendon Hooker is not able to go. All right. Talk about uh, – yeah, I was going to ask about Milton. You know, the irony is that he won the job, but uh, is, is it – was that a function of he just picked up the system faster than Hooker? Because, you know, as you said, and the numbers bear it out. Uh, Hinden certainly played a lot better. Uh, was it just who grasped the system faster, do you think? I think it was those physical traits. You know, I, I think Milton's a quarterback that gets coaches in trouble because he has you drooling with the arm strength. You know, he, he can throw it 90 yards on a rope, uh, but it might be 10 yards over the receiver's head. So I, I think the staff thought that they could rein him in a little bit. An interesting note is is Milton arrived in the summer and didn't go through spring, and Hooker went through spring, and uh, Milton still won the job. Still won the job. So I, I don't think it was particularly picking up the system. I think it was just wanting those physical traits on the field because Hypo really wants to attack on the field. Talk about the uh, offensive line. Uh, they got dinged up with Cade Mays, uh, right tackle, missing most of the uh, Ole Miss action. Uh, how's he progressing? What's the strength and weakness across the front? They're banged up. Cade's brother, Cooper, the starting center, has been out really struggling since week one. But again, Heifel's not going to give us too many updates. He called Cade uh, day-to-day. Cade went down against Ole Miss, and, and the right side really struggled. Uh, it took him a, about two quarters to really adjust, and it, it took Dane Davis about two quarters to really settle in at right tackle. So uh, I, I don't know that it's a, it's a huge drop-off, but – in terms of depth, uh, Tennessee can't afford to lose any more bodies. Uh, they, they lost a couple in camp. They've got two more starters down here. Caden Cooper are, are a massive, massive story to follow entering this game. What about the uh, – talk about the skill personnel. Looks like a pair of running backs, Tyron Evans and Jabari Small. Uh, a handful, a couple uh, receivers kind of standing out and a couple tight ends, maybe more effective than featured. Uh, but uh, what, what can Alabama fans expect – uh, to see from uh, the skill set. Yeah, Tion Evans really reminded Tennessee fans of Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that's a big name to throw out there, but he certainly did. A uh, very explosive player coming out of the JUCO ranks. Uh, he's been banged up again. Tennessee's had 
some terrible luck with injuries early on. Um, him and Jabari Small kind of split the backfield. Then Jabari went down, and now Tion's gone down. So, again, I, I wish I had an update for you. I, I think Jabari Small is going to be ready to go. I don't know on Tion Evans. Uh, we'll see on that. But, but yeah, Tennessee needs them both because Tennessee likes to run the ball. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get into that a little later, but Tennessee really likes to run the football. At receiver, it's Cedric Tillman, uh, Valus Jones, Jr., uh, and then Javante Payton uh, transferring from Mississippi State. Those are kind of the top three. All three have been really solid all year. Uh, I think the receivers have won down the field. They've won with their routes. Uh, quarterbacks have been a little inaccurate, a little inconsistent at times. But Heifel has been scheming them open, and the receivers have been executing for the most part. Jalen Hyatt, a guy that y'all saw last year, caught a touchdown, could have had another um, against Alabama. Uh, is, is a burner, going to have to pay attention to him on down the field. Uh, so Tennessee has some some pieces. Um, once again, though, it's all going to come down to how Milton plays and if he can deliver an accurate ball. You know, Javonta, I was going to ask Javonta uh, uh, Payton if he was your burner. Uh, it looked like his catch count was, you know, maybe half the others, but his yards per catch was was really high. It looks like a, a, big, uh, a big play uh, sort of expert there. Uh, is there a route? Is it a speed? Is he s- sort of leaking through? How is uh, how is he putting up such a uh, uh, big yards per catch? Yeah, he's uh, that Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt started the year in that role, and um, Peyton kind of took over as, as Hyatt got hurt. He's the go guy. I mean, he, he's going to run the nine route. That's what he ran against Florida. Uh, he he scored on a skinny post against uh, South Carolina, I believe. Then he scored on another go route against Missouri. So he is a speed guy. Uh, I think he's a product of, of what Heupel wants to do. I think Heupel's going to line up. He's going to spread you out. If he gets the numbers he wants, he's going to run. And if you key in on the run, he's going to try and go over the top. So Peyton has been that guy uh, for, for Tennessee. Cedric Tillman has also been that guy. Um, again, the quarterbacks have missed him when he's been open. But certainly Peyton, Hyatt, and Tillman all have some ability to get down the field. Nice. Talk about the uh, the tight ends, Warren, Warren and Fant. Their numbers uh, seem almost identical. Uh, how do you how do you tell them apart with their play? Uh, I don't know that you do. War, <laughs> right. um, uh, they're they're kind of mix and match, plug and play. You know, uh, Warren ha- has the bigger body, six foot six. Uh, he actually caught the ball that that Tennessee fans revolted on Saturday night. He fell short of the sticks. Um, Big red zone potential there, uh, but the tight ends aren't used a ton in the passing game. Uh, primarily, they've been chain movers, you know, catching six to eight yard little leak routes. Uh, so Tennessee hasn't used the tight end very much at all. Uh, they've got a couple on the roster that are, uh, you know, higher ranked recruits that they're trying to develop down the road. But right now, it's more of a, a receiver and running back centric offense. Makes sense. Hey, let's flip uh, flip the field of defense. Uh, what kind of schemes do uh, defensive coordinator Tim Banks like to run? Tim Banks is going to run a 4-2, 4-2-5. Uh, um, and let me tell you, Tim Banks has impressed me. You know, not a lot of expectations for this defense coming into town uh, for Tim Banks. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all followed this, but Josh Heupel really struggled to find a defensive coordinator. Uh, and it makes sense, you know, with the pace that Heifel plays, it's going to put defenses in, you know, some some tough spots. 
Uh, you're not going to get a lot of rest on the sideline. But Tim Banks has preached turnovers. He said, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to get tackles for loss. We're going to we're going to turn you over and sack you. And, and to this point, it's working. It's not a it's not a lights out unit by any stretch of the imagination, but it's middle of the pack. They held Ole Miss to 31 points, which is a huge W for that that group. So, yeah, I think you're going to see uh, four down linemen with Rodney Garner um, coming over from from Auburn to coach that unit. Rodney's been outstanding. That defensive line has has really uh, excelled this year, really taking a step forward. So it, it's interesting because I, I was high on Pruitt, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But the second he got out of town, you know, he's kind of started to see some player development. So that's been interesting. That has been. Jeremy Banks appears to be the leader at linebacker. Uh, who are the key players to watch at each uh, each level of defense? Yeah, Jeremy Banks um, is taking over uh, as the primary linebacker for Jawan Mitchell. Uh, he transferred in from Texas, but has been lost for the year. Banks is a uh, is, is a former running back. He's a he's an interesting one. He he's has all the ability in the world, but kind of loses his head from time to time. You know, he's been hit with several personal fouls, but um, you know, has made several big plays in the backfield. A couple interceptions this year. So, so he's one to watch that's been kind of up and down. He's a roller coaster ride. Uh, Tyler Barron on, on the defensive line, he's the primary pass rusher. Tennessee hasn't generated a ton of pressure just in terms of beating your man on the edge. Uh, it, most of their pressure will come with blitzing. But if there's a guy that's going to win on the edge, it's going to be Tyler Barron. Uh, and then Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson in the secondary has been playing that nickelback role, um, doing a little bit of everything. Uh, just I think he had five pass deflections in week one. So getting his hands on the football, coming off the edge, blitzing, uh, coming up the middle, doing all kinds of things. So Theo Jackson is is definitely one to watch. Outside of that, it's just kind of average across the board. Like I said, this Tennessee defense is nothing really special, but they're kind of middle of the road. But really, that's all I can ask for right now because I really thought that would be a, a, you know, a bottom 20 unit. Let's talk about the depth on that defense. Um, last week uh, against Ole Miss, I think the defense logged uh, just over 100 plays, 70 of those rushes. Uh, so, you know, maybe even more physical plays. And it's week eight uh, in Tennessee, like Alabama. If I've looked at the schedule right, this will be eight straight games going into a bye week. What concerns or storylines are you seeing around fatigue and, uh, and depth at this point in the season and after such a, uh, a, a demanding defensive requirement last week yeah it's it goes to linebacker for me outside of banks you're going to have Aaron Beasley who is a former safety you're going to have Solon Page who really hasn't played any at all until his senior season and that's been out of necessity you know I mentioned Joan Mitchell went down with the injury of course Henry Toto goes to Alabama Clavaris Crouch ends up at Michigan State so that's that's three of Tennessee's top linebackers off the table um, so they're thin there. They, they've got the bodies now. They, they really tra- attacked the transfer portal there. But, you know, a, a couple injuries, you know, a turned ankle, and things could get really bad, especially going up against Alabama. Talk about uh, uh, Brandon Turnage. He's a defensive back transfer from Alabama. Is he uh, – it looks like he's not a starter, but is he in the rotation, maybe plays in the, in the dime, or how much action does, does Turnage see? You know, he, he showed up kind of late. He's been finding his footing. He didn't play much 
until Theo Jackson went down. Theo Jackson, the leader of the defense, and uh, Turnage stepped in and played Jackson's role. And cool story about them, he and, and Jackson worked together every night, you know, in the dorm room, you know, studying, studying film. And, and Jackson really got him ready for the role. And lo and behold, Turnage comes up as the defensive player of the week. So we haven't seen a ton of him, but in, in the limited viewing that we've seen, he's been really good. So I, I, I can't exactly say where he's going to fit in. He's kind of a jack of all trades right now, uh, playing corner if need be, playing that nickel spot, a little bit of safety, but kind of wherever Tennessee needs him right now. But uh, excited to see more of him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you 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 mentioned uh, you mentioned Toto, you mentioned Alva Camara for two programs that really that really don't like each other. Uh, we really have shared some players, right? Uh, Turnage, <laughs> yeah. uh, Alvin Camara. We've got Hank Brandon Kennedy was your starting center last week. Uh, this is a Hatfield and McCoys here, right? Yeah, and uh, let me tell you what Tennessee could absolutely use Henry Toto <laughs> right. right now. I, I, that whole situation was was strange to me, and I know the parents got involved, but. Man, losing the, the leader of the defense and then for him to turn around and go to Alabama, you know, that that's that's about worst case scenario for Tennessee fan. Yeah, I was going to ask how uh, how much sort of uh, vitriol uh, was there around that? It's uh, it's bad enough that he leaves, but uh, to land in Tuscaloosa probably uh, probably did not warm any hearts. You know, honestly, I, I think this fan base is just numb. It's just pain all the time. So, so it was just like, you know, whatever, another day. But it, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was definitely painful. It's definitely a, a stab in the back to, to see him go to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I definitely understand that. So, so Terry, I'm going to, I'm not breaking any news here. Vegas, uh, Vegas is calling for this to be a tough game uh, Saturday yep. for, for the volunteers. Uh, now I will say they said uh, Vegas said the same about Texas A&M a couple weeks ago. And uh, that, that went different. I'm going to hope that that doesn't happen again, but from your perspective, from the perspective of the fan base and you define these terms, how you will, what do you need to see on Saturday to consider it a success for, for the Vols? Well, um, that's going to come down to the quarterback spot and, and, Real quick, I think that line is absolutely being influenced by Hooker's injury. I would, I'd really like to see what the line is if Hooker is healthy. Uh, you know, it's it's probably still going to be twenty points, but maybe it's twenty one, not quite twenty six. You know, so I, I I do think that's a big deal. Like I said, but I, I think for it to be a success, I think the offense just needs to execute. We've seen Joe Milton have opportunity after opportunity against Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh game really stands out, even against Bowling Group. Opportunities down the field to really throw this offense into overdrive, and he hasn't hit any of them. And so it's just going to be about hitting the open throws, playing within himself, staying in the pocket. You know, I want to see if he's made any strides over these past couple of weeks after losing his job to, to Hendon Hooker, you know, defensively, it, it, it's hard to define success that, you know, it, Alabama's going to get theirs. It's, it's just, it's what it is, but, you know, making those plays in the backfield, like Tennessee has done all season, making a couple of those, forcing a couple of turnovers, giving the offense a fighting chance, you know, at least for a couple of quarters in the game, I think that would be a, a pretty big success. And, 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 you know, final thing, just showing the fight. I think I think these players have really bought in to the system. It's a totally new approach than what Pruitt had 
They've fought all year. Now you've had this old Miss situation. You've potentially lost Hendon Hooker. I really want to see how they respond. Uh, I don't think it'll unravel, but you know, all the ingredients are there. No, I like the I like the way you punctuated that uh, showing the fight there at the end. I think the, I think there's a lot of value there. You know, Terry, we appreciate you having you on. Uh, Alabama fans, go check out what Terry has to say over at RockyTopTalk.com. Uh, he's going to talk about the game before the game, during the game, after the game. You got to check out what he's saying there. And and Terry, I wish you uh, I wish you a little bit of luck Saturday. More luck going <laughs> forward. And uh, you know, I'll say this: real or imagined, I hope all the players stay healthy. Well, you know, Tennessee could use some some luck on that front, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care, (laughs) Terry. Thanks for joining us again. All right, let's do it again next year. Absolutely. All right, welcome back. I hope that interview uh, lived up to all the hype that I gave it uh, before. And, uh, again, I really appreciate all of you guys listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. If you enjoy these interviews, uh, if you enjoy what we do, then I ask the – just reach out to us. Drop us an email and just uh, give us a salute. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Any questions that you have for us, uh, any questions that you would like to, uh, us to ask uh, upcoming teams, we appreciate it. We love, love, love uh, the interaction with the fans. And I'm going to tell you about the uh, the member program we have. Look, for two bucks, two bucks, you can join. You get access to more than 90. It's a growing every week, more than 90 private shows that are only available to those listeners. And uh, you get invitations to our Zoom uh, calls. And if there's any question, do we really enjoy uh, interaction with uh, with our listeners? You got to check out a Zoom call because the you know those aren't listeners, those aren't fans, those are friends. And uh, uh, if if you have any interest in sort of uh, participating with us in that way, then uh, we strongly encourage you to do that uh, and invite you to. Again, if there's any questions, Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com, Alabama Football Podcast. Dot com. There's a contact us form and there's all kinds of information on there. Go around, surf around, check us out. And uh, we hope to hear from all of you. In the meantime, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.